What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Find Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Michael Rayner. I'm a registered dietitian and sports nutritionist with years of experience helping athletes improve their health and optimize their performance. I'm also an athlete myself and have been riding and racing bikes for the last 12 years, and I've worked in the cycling and triathlon industry for the last 10 years. I'm using all of my experience and speaking with athletes and experts about the key actionable steps that you can take to improve your health and performance. So if you're an athlete working to reach and sustain your peak performance and health, then this is the podcast for you. Let's jump right in. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Find Your Edge podcast. This is your host, Michael, riding shotgun. I got Sarah Heckler, and sitting in the back seat, I got Chris Newport, the other Why dietitian. I gotta be in the back seat? <laughs> yes, I got shotgun. <laughs> I feel like if anybody, Sarah would get like motion sick or something. So I wanted to put her up front where she could keep Literally. an eye on the scenery. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> and somebody's, somebody's got to like run the ox cord, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so welcome to this episode on quick tips. Um, so we'll keep this one short, brief, um, but this episode will be about how to stay on track during the holidays. So we're kind of attacking this one a little bit differently. So I asked each person to prepare just a few tips on how people can stay on track during the holidays. So we'll kind of just go round table style. Sarah, we'll let you kick it off. Um, what are your, you know, two to three tips for people to stay on track during the holidays, whether it's preventing weight gain, staying on track, making sure they get their workouts in, whatever your goals are, how can people stay on track? Yeah. So my two to three quick tips, number one would be to fill up on protein, fat, and fiber, um, essentially filling up to avoid some temptations down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, second would be second and third kind of go hand in hand. It would be to get out of the kitchen and find non-food ways to spend time with your loved ones. You know, if we're able to do that this year, you could play a card game. You could even play a card game six feet apart. Um, or, you know, play games virtually online going for a walk. If we aren't able to be together this year, it could be having a zoom call, just finding, ways to be together that don't revolve around food or being in the kitchen. I like it. So kind of with those filling up on the protein, fat and fiber, maybe not going ham on the rolls and just focusing more on like your proteins, some fats. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very realistic. So I'll tell people, you know, if the sweet potato casserole is your jam at Thanksgiving, have the sweet potato casserole, but also making sure that you're filling up on some you know, veggies and having some protein on there so that you are full throughout the day and you're not hungry an hour later and going back for more sweet potato casserole or cookies or pumpkin pie, all that stuff. I like it. I like it. Chris, you're in the hot seat. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, piggybacking on what Sarah's saying, basically focusing on the, uh, with the energy balance equation. So what goes, you know, what's going in, what's going out. So, <clears throat> um, being mindful of, how much you're putting in and then what is your output? So in other words, like, are you getting some movement in? Turkey's going in and we all know <laughs> what happens coming out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, do we have to make a poop reference? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we are dietitians after all. So, um, but kind of going a little bit of a different route. Um, I'm a big fan of the book mindless eating by Brian Wansink. He's a food, um, behavior psychologist, uh, who does research up at Cornell and maybe in the show notes, we can, we can link to his book, but, um, 
My tip is to know or buddy up with the nutritional gatekeeper. So, and no, this is not like from Ghostbusters, I, I promise. Although that's more my Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. So what, so basically the nutritional gatekeeper is, might be grandma, it might be mom, it might be um, the, whomever is the main person who's deciding on what is being cooked on what is being prepared. Now this Thanksgiving might, or, you know, holiday just in general, I'm just saying Thanksgiving because that's uh, the closer holiday to us at the present moment, but just holidays in general, um, knowing who is kind of the, the main person who's in charge of preparing the meal and having a conversation with them in a very um, gentle way as to like what you either expect to see there. Oh, grandma, I love your roasted Brussels sprouts. Do you think you can make those knowing that that's like a healthy thing? Um, and then somehow diplomatically, which Sarah, I feel like you should give us an example of how you would approach your grandmother you know, when it relates to, you know, like my mother-in-law likes to make like literally five pies. <laughs> so it's like, do we really need five pies? Because Absolutely. there's only six of us. So that's a pie person, <laughs> you know, almost. So anyhow, um, so just knowing that that particular person might be the what the the main influence as to what is being served and how you could introduce or have healthier options and fewer non-healthy options. And I'm not saying like don't eat pie, like that, you know or whatever it is that you enjoy, but don't eat five can, of them. That, right. Yeah, exactly. Can you have the opportunity to kind of buddy up with that nutritional gatekeeper and see if there can be opportunities for healthier options or, um, you know, a little less volume of food, if that's something that's a challenge with your, you know, family or whatever. So, um, so you can kind of strategically play, what's going to be available on that day. That way you're not presented environmentally with all of those opportunities to overeat if that's one okay. of your challenges. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, Chris. And something that I do, and to your point about being very diplomatic, instead of, because I feel like in the older generations, they almost take suggestions about cooking and food as, as kind of like an insult. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of, addressing that and kind of navigating those waters, I'll just bring something myself. Like when my grandma has Thanksgiving, you know, I'll say, Hey, Namal, I'm going to bring these Brussels sprouts that I really like to make. And I think everybody would enjoy instead of asking her to change her ways. That's kind of my way of making sure that I have something that I like. Other people might enjoy it. And you're being so nice and contributing. Exactly. Keeping the peace everybody a little bit. Everybody wins. Yes. Everybody wins. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's awesome. Cause yes, I mean, the, the purpose, the nutritional gatekeeper is somebody I still, every time I say that I, I like immediately go to Ghostbusters, but anyway, um, they're somebody who they really want to nurture their family in a way that's like, th this is what I'm serving and people enjoy it. And that's what I'm serving. So yeah, sometimes they can be a little bit, um, set in their ways and, and that's okay. Cause there are ways to work around it. Like, um, I've had this conversation with clients who may have like, um, allergies or like they might be lactose intolerant and here, you know, they love mashed potatoes, but they're like, 
filled with butter and milk and like, Hey, uh, Nana, I, I love your mashed potatoes, but they really bother my, they really don't make my, my belly feel great. Do you think we can work together to prepare those? Because I really love your, so, and then you're sandwiching it, right? I love your mashed potatoes. I want to change them together. <laughs> and because I really want your mashed potatoes and you're so thoughtful. So sort of like sandwiching like, that. It's comment. called a compliment sandwich. So you like compliment them, <laughs> yeah. put the negative and then end with a compliment. <laughs> right. And it's, I mean, it's not really a negative. It's just. No, but suggestion. Know, like, yeah. A suggestion. So, you know, being gentle. Funny. Cause every time you describe this like person, the nutritional gatekeeper, I think of like the nutrition pusher. So I think of like the pusher <laughs> from mean girls. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause it's like the person I, that's I, like always pushing food, like trying to get people to eat more, trying to get people to eat everything. Well, that, well, that's the thing. So there's somebody who, um, and this is another kind of tip, uh, you're, there are a lot of environmental cues that you may not be able to control, like the size of the plates. I know my mother, um, who probably will never listen to this podcast. So I can totally throw her under the bus right now, but she, I'll, <laughs> she, I'll send it to her directly. Love you, mom. Yes. <laughs> um, send it to Chris's mom. <laughs> it's uh, Chris's mom at gmail.com, right? Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her. She's big into her like place settings, right? That's very much a, like a generational thing. And she loves to bring out the like big chargers and the beautiful large plates. And suddenly you're like, eight inch dinner plate has turned into like a 12 or a 13 inch dinner plate. And naturally you're just going to feel that more and you don't, you don't even realize it. Um, so, but having said that, if you do have this sort of strict nutritional gatekeeper, they're going to notice if you take seconds, but they're not necessarily going to notice how much you put on your plate at first. So if you like really love that sweet potato casserole, like Sarah mentioned, you know, take a little bit, go back three, have times. that and then be like, Mimo, I love them sweet potatoes. I'm going to have some more. And then, you know, one, you've got the first serving plus the second serving equals maybe one, one serving in total. But now she recognizes like, oh, that's love to, to her, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. you have satisfied her soul in taking more. Yeah, but I think that is an important point about like the quote environmental cues, especially when it comes to like sizes of plates, like that's a whole, a whole thing. And so if you're having dinner at someone else's house, maybe you don't have control over the size of plate you use. So instead of, you know, creating that like heaping like mountain plate, maybe we go through and get a little bit of everything and then check in with yourself after each plate and say, do I really need more? And if the answer is yes, then okay, go back and get a little bit more of everything, but not creating a mountain every time that you <laughs> go through the, the queue. It, it, but it's, I mean, it's easy to do that, right? Yeah. You know, and we do like the, the visual cue of A, our plates being empty by eating everything and B, by filling it all up. It just mentally makes us feel yeah. relaxed. So, sure. Yeah. So it's funny how my my tips also overlap with y'all's quite a bit. Um, so one of my big ones is don't skip meals or snacks on the day of like holidays when you know you're going to have a big meal. It's like a lot of people have a tendency to do that on Thanksgiving. Like if they know Thanksgiving dinner's coming, they're going to starve themselves all day. And so then we're hungry as all get out when we get to dinner and we have a huge tendency to overeat. Um, so not skipping meals or snacks, just making sure you're fueled throughout the day. That's also important for athletes, you know, just making sure that you've got energy throughout the day and you're not like getting into this giant energy pit and then 
bombarding your body with energy. Um, and then loosening your belt. Yeah, exactly. Um, my other one's staying hydrated. I think people have a tendency at holidays to neglect the hydration a little bit. We get caught up chatting with people. We're not drinking water, um, busy cooking. So you're not drinking enough fluids. Um, and then we're so focused on food that we're eating instead of drinking fluids and stuff. So I think just staying hydrated, like make sure that you're hitting your hydration throughout the day. Um, as athletes, that's really important, but as regular people, it's, you know, just non-athletes, even it's really important to make sure that mentally, how how do we tell we're hydrated, Michael? That's a fantastic question. So Mm -hmm. the easiest and best way is just to look at the color of your urine. So we want our pee to be light yellow, like pale lemonade or lighter. Um, so if you go pee and it's like orange, we need to go ahead and get some more fluids in, bump those, bump those fluids up. Um, but if we go to the bathroom and it's totally clear, you might want to lay off the fluids for just a little bit. So we, there's kind of the Goldilocks of pea colors. Um, so my last one is overlapping with just, Sarah's. Wait, did you just say the Goldilocks of pea colors? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really great analogy, but I'm sorry. That just made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> not too dark, not too light. Should we you put know. that in a chart and hang that up on the office wall? Yeah. Put, so instead of, cause like on our, so we have a handout about hydration and in it, there's like a P color chart and we have like one through three is desirable. It's like P to be under three. So we're gonna have to change it and say like Goldilocks zone or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, and then my final one kind of piggybacks with yours, Sarah, which is to get some movement in. So this year is kind of a little bit weird. Um, so maybe it's doing a virtual Turkey trot or just getting like your normal workouts in. And if you're an athlete, making sure you hit, even if it's just an easy spin that day, just hitting a a little bit of a workout, get your body moving, um, or going for a walk or something, just do something to move your body, take care of yourself. So you're not just like sitting still going crazy all day. So to summarize, let me make sure I didn't miss anybody's Sarah, your tips were, to make sure that you're focusing on the protein, fat, and fiber when we do have our meals. Um, Getting out of the kitchen, don't just spend all day sitting around the food, like get out, mix it up a little bit, get away from the the, quote temptations. Uh, And then finding non-food ways to spend time with people. So playing card games, like I said, going for a walk, get some activity in or something like that, other than just partaking in food together. Uh, Chris, yours was to identify and butter up the nutritional gatekeeper. <laughs> Pun intended. It really, it really, it really isn't manipulative. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then making sure you get some movement in and just being mindful of the fact that we can't just eat from sunup to sundown and not move at all and still be in like a good place. So just kind of balancing both <clears throat> the energy we take in with the energy we put out. And then kind of being mindful of those environmental cues, like the size of plate we're using and making sure not to get tricked by our mind into just filling up the plate and eating the entire massive plate. Um, So kind of knowing about that psychology and putting it to use for you. Mine was don't skip meals or snacks, you know, try to have as normal of a day of food as possible. It keeps us from overeating later. Make sure we're staying hydrated with the Goldilocks pea color and then getting some movement in. Did I miss anything? Anything else you guys want to add? Can, can, can we really quickly go around and see what everybody's favorite holiday food is or dish? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Like you need to be more specific, like Thanksgiving. Uh, How about one for Thanksgiving and one for like whatever December holiday you Mm. 
So I mean, great. this is this is a timely episode because we do have like a string of holidays coming up, you know, because yeah. there's like your, your big traditional ones like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Um, so I don't know. Pick or like just a couple of dishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So a, a handful. Mine are, I, I already mentioned it, but roasted Brussels sprouts with like a little balsamic glaze. Mm. Same. Uh, That's what I'm on. Yeah. Good. So I come from a line of very traditional Italians who are set in their ways. And so we don't always have the healthiest Thanksgiving, but my grandma makes this broccoli casserole, which everybody in the family admits, if you think about it, it's absolutely disgusting, <laughs> but we've all grown up on it and it's delicious to us. And it's just something that we've all, it's something that we've all gotten used to. So it's not a holiday without broccoli casserole. Um, so it's definitely that. And so what's in pie. it? You, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly like embarrassed to say it as a dietitian, but it's, <laughs> so it's frozen. But, but that, that being said, we're not all perfect. We're all human. I know. Right? So, I know. It's, so okay. it's, and I, t- disclaimer, <clears throat> we have tried multiple times to, you know, like make a better version, but it's just not the same. It's not mammals, broccoli casserole. So it's like, it's cheese whiz with flour and butter whisked in and like chopped broccoli and you put that in a casserole dish and you crumble Ritz crackers on top. That so is I amazing. see, I see now why the embarrassment <laughs> comes in because yeah. it's not, it's fra- not from a nutritional perspective of embarrassment. Nope. It's literally it's just true. a quality of food embarrassment. Yeah. And like I said, we've tried so many times, so many different people to make a better option and it's, it just, we can't do it. My so. question is, how did that get developed? Was it just like, ah, oh, we need <laughs> we need something with vegetables. All we've got is cheese so, whiz and Ritz crackers. Though. <laughs> here's my theory. So my grandpa was one of 10. And his parents were one of like 12, I think. Oof. And my grandma was an only child. And so my grandpa always grew up, you know, at their table. He said, if you didn't jump the moment food was put on the table, you didn't have anything to eat. So a lot of the like recipes in our family were recipes that didn't take a lot of like ingredients and didn't cost a lot. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I come from a very long line of like traditional Italians who stick in their ways. And so it was something that was started and here we are. Man. All right. So broccoli, broccoli casserole for Sarah, Brussels sprouts for Chris and I, what else? What's your favorite dessert, Sarah? Pumpkin pie, hands down. Mm. Homemade pumpkin pie. Yeah. I'm, I'm ditto on that one. Uh, I think my other one, I'm going to skip a dessert. Cause I don't know. We don't really have like, oh, any... was that a trap? You just gave no. us a trap. Well, I was thinking about it. Cause like, we don't really have any like desserts that are like real traditional for us because all the food yeah, I mean, allergies you... and stuff. Um, yeah. If you can't really do gluten or dairy or eggs, or eggs. as a family. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's kind of hard to have like a traditional, you know, a tradition yeah. for dessert. Well, that's so one a of, unique perspective. Yeah. So one of my favorites is something we make for Thanksgiving and Christmas is, um, Liz has these gluten-free vegan sweet potato biscuits, um, that she started making a few years ago. And so we just make them every year now and they're real good. So those are probably that and Brussels sprouts are probably two of my favorite things from the holidays. And, uh, just to send this out, I do get very excited when my dad opens the special bottles of wine. What is, what is the special bottles? It's, 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 it's a holiday, right? So, you know, the expensive ones come oh, okay. out. I'm like, oh expensive. darn, I have to try expensive. <laughs> oh shucks. So that is one thing I need. I like to your point, Michael, with the hydration. Whew, you know, when the yeah. bottles open very early, hydration is key. 
So you got to go, you got to go glass for glass, water mm. and wine, water, yes. wine. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on y'all. I think this was good. Some good tips out of it. Um, I'll try and summarize all of those in the episode description and we will link the book that you referenced, Chris. Um, and please everybody make sure that you like subscribe, rate us on Apple. That helps us a lot. Uh, Apple podcasts, make sure you, um, if you are interested in getting one of our mail away sweat kits, we still do have the little promo on those using, uh, code podcast on our website. When you order one of those, you can get a free hat visor or headband. Um, so take advantage of that. And then let's see, what else am I missing? Make sure you follow us on social medias, follow us on Instagram, uh, at the endurance edge. And if you want to know, I was just going to say, if anyone wants my broccoli casserole recipe, which I made sound <laughs> so delicious, you can send me an email as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, and if you want to know more about us, feel free to check us out at theenduranceedge.com. Thanks for being here, guys. Woo-hoo.